dopamine swipe, dopamine, dopamine swipe. Follow us, likes, double tap. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the 817 Podcast. We are back doing this in Fort Worth again, but last week was a ton of fun. Yes, it was a ton of fun. I wish we were doing it outside. It's so beautiful here in Fort Worth. It's a The weather right now is amazing. This is like our, our prime, ti- prime time of year. Yeah, it's like you just got to be outside all day. Yeah, all absolute patio weather. Um, which I don't know, I wish that Fort Worth maybe had some more patios with nice views to go enjoy, but we all make do on the same ones. <laughs> <laughs> so you say our patio game's not strong. I feel like a lot of people, if you listen to podcasts or like read blogs that are all about like where to eat and like what's your favorite patio, people always be like, Fort Worth got a lot of good patios, but you don't feel that way. Yeah, I mean, we're like we have a, a number of patios, uh, but like, where's a patio with like a beautiful a great, view? Downtown. Yeah, a great view, great aesthetic. I don't, even even like Teenies is fairly blocked. Like you have downtown, but like there's kind of a lot of structure in the way. Um, yeah, I, mean, I would say I just like Fusion think, would probably be my best chance, and that's super low and super close. Like it's not. Yeah, but it has a good little corner view of of the city but i get what you're saying like right we were me and my wife were in atlanta we stayed at the hotel claremont and had a dope rooftop bar that you could see the city um yeah i get that it makes sense yeah the uh kimpton harper hotel the the bar up top it's not a it's not a patio you're enclosed but it has a really cool view of downtown in multiple directions and like one of the ways you're looking at whatever the i forget what the big glass building is um so you get like the reflection of downtown the mirror image of it uh so that one's pretty cool but yeah maybe i'm not the uh strongest proponent of fort worth's patio game you can come (laughs) people can come at me for that but i'll stick by it um so um south by southwest what what did you feel what's your thoughts comments how do you feel it went it was awesome um so we we walked up the i mean the drive down to austin was super easy uh unexpectedly easy and so we got there fairly early. We went and grabbed a bite to eat and worked as a good parking spot that was maybe like a five, ten minute walk away from where Fort Worth was set up on Rainy Street. Uh, they were right next to the CNN Plus tent. And then next to them was Twitter. Twitter. And then at the end of the street was Amazon. So a lot of really cool stuff happening right there. And I mean, the whole setup was just awesome really cool stage uh had live performers and dj asa ace going all day um and then another little spot that had a place for panels um upstairs uh hotel drover had like recreated their lobby that you could walk through and then there was tx whiskey had a like exclusive bar area um and i mean it was packed like yeah. we, we were there on Sunday on Saturday. They told us that what, like 5,000 people came through. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there was a, a line out the door when we were there. So I, I mean, Fort Worth really, really showed up. Yeah, it was super awesome. Um, and it was just, it seems like a fun gig to have. They all worked really hard. And I think uh, it was, a, you show it showed just how well 
everything looked. Um, it was awesome. It was it was really a good time. Wish I could have been there longer. Um, wish wish we could have been there longer. I thought what was the hardest part was doing a live podcast because we do so much kind of like stopping and following up, making sure what we're saying is correct. But in this one, we just like, oh, we just kind of kind of go with it, you know, kind of keep talking and, uh, you know, can't stop and seeing if that, that that data you said was correct, correct, super accurate. So that to me was the hardest part was trying to do a podcast live um, and then people looking at you, you know, uh, and people who are looking at you who you said some things about, you know, just like, <laughs> uh, but that's that's to me like, you know, I think what what it it told me like why. I feel like our podcast should be trusted is, you know, even looking at some of the panels, right? Like the Maddie had a panel about entrepreneurship and it was just basically the biggest, like, Oh, you're the best. Fort Worth's the greatest. I feel so supported. And it was just like, and then she asked like some really honest questions. She's like, what are we doing terribly wrong that we could do better for entrepreneurs? And like, no one said, they're like, I think we're doing good. And I'm just like, hello, I'd be happy to answer. I got like a five-point plan for you. Let me explain. EJ and I are like standing <laughs> up. So where the uh, TX Whiskey container was up top, there was a little patio next to it. And EJ and I are standing on the rail looking down as they're asking some of these like questions that I think we have good answers to and like yeah. constructive answers to. And all two or three of them on stage or like oh you know like i think you're just really open and accessible and we're like man like i understand why they didn't ask us to be up there right now (laughs) (laughs) um but the whole concept to me is like the the tough thing about getting content or doing this podcast because honestly this is a lot of work for you know us too like it's a ton of work it takes a, a at least a day of our of our life to do this podcast And I feel like what keeps me up and wakes me, like keeps me doing it is like, we truly have no agenda. Like, I think the power of what we're saying is no one is footing our bill for the studio. No one's, no, this isn't our job. Fort Worth isn't our job. Like we're not city employees. We don't work for Visit Fort Worth. We don't, we're not. And even like, even like Jonathan and Mel and like those people, they are even biased because like they're local businesses that need to have happy relationships so they won't even be as like direct they, they may say some things but you still have to be positive and i feel like we our podcast is often seen as like if you look at our reviews oh they hate fort worth and it's more like well, no we're optimists but then we keep you know we keep the city accountable in a way that like is direct Rather than, and, and I feel like that to me, what's made me proud of our podcast, like being live at Visit Fort Worth and the comments we had on live and people listening and we've had increases of listens. Um, I'm a believer the increase of listeners though could also mean that the world's getting back. More people are back driving the work, going mm. to work. Um, but we, we have had a bump. And so all in all, I was just proud of our purpose of the pod in Fort Worth, you know, is to be accountable for all people and to be independent and agnostic on how we say it and what we're saying. And for me, I think visit Fort Worth is such a hardworking organization and you clearly shows how hardworking they were for such a small team. They did such a great job. 
They um, really did. And even so the uh group running the podcast studio, the producers were an Austin based company and uh it felt really not like we got done and they were the two of them were just like, we can tell how much you guys love Fort Worth. And it was like, I really appreciate that because most of the time at the end of this podcast, we have people telling us how much we hate Fort Worth. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was really nice. And their team was awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, overall, like it was a really, really cool event. If you have the opportunity next year, I mean, Fort Worth has done this at South by Southwest, uh, for a few years pre-COVID as well. So I'm just going to assume they'll probably try to continue doing it. Um, but if you ever have the chance to make it down there and check it out, uh, they really are for showing the city off in a Something I did way. note that was super cool that I would love to know the full story on is um, supposedly Maddie Parker was hanging out with the Austin mayor and Miami's mayor which I would argue the two most innovative future forward cities in America. And they were at the Fort Worth Rainey, the container bar with Maddie. And you know how much we talk about France, uh, Francisco Suarez. So that just would have been super cool to know. Like one, I heard, we heard that happen Two, like, man, what was that like? I mean, what a, what a combo for you talking about having those two people from, you know, places where they're in the press, they're talking about cities, they're hanging out at the Fort Worth one mm-hmm. with Maddie because they're all, you know, that I just, that to me seems like an ex- cool, op- like what's a cool, it would have been great to be a fly on the wall, hear how that went. And um, hopefully um, that's just a sign of of Maddie doing, you know, what I think she can do around entrepreneurship in Fort Worth. And just having a younger person in the mayoral office um, because I, I don't think that Betsy would have been Be in bed by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, all in all, like South by Southwest was a, a great experience. Um, if they do it again next year, uh, I hope we hope we get invited back. Well, let's go ahead and move into the first short story. This was a slow news week. Um, so slow, so slow. <laughs> Um, so let's, let's go ahead and dive into the, the, the story that you probably just should know about. And that is, this is the last, um, opportunity, uh, for you, Fort Worthians, uh, for us to tell Fort Worth city council, which redistricting map, uh, we want to support and we want the members of council to approve. So tomorrow, six o'clock, um, these maps will shape the city council for the next decade. And as you guys know, the kind of map that was selected was Map X, which is odd because now Map X has versions of Map X, which then to me would make it not Map X. (laughs) But anyways, somehow version two creates the new district north of Loop 822 new district. So this is like the Carrie Moon replica map. Map X version three creates a secondary majority Hispanic district. This is the most popular app was recommended by Nettles. It has that weird kind of horseshoe look, and Elizabeth Beck also supports it. Map X version 4 also creates a majority Hispanic district, and it's a larger majority than version 3. So the council uh, prioritized version 3, which is um, the one that's looking like in favor unless things change tomorrow. 
Also on the agenda for Wednesday meeting, um, the council will take advice from its attorney about pending or potential lit- litigation related to redistricting. Um, there's just a lot of discussions around that, like horseshoe, um, and what kind of what kind of impact that can have in having a map that has that weird District 11. So, Jimmy, where are you, where are you at on all of this? Yeah. So at the last meeting, the council prioritized version three, which is the nettles with Beck supporting map. And then all of a sudden on the city's website, it gets updated to also show version two and version four, which version two carries map has honestly just been dumped on every time it's come up like the redistricting task force didn't like it like it did not it was way on the bottom of their ones that they recommended it kind of got dumped on when it came up at the public meetings like how does this map keep coming back and why like there's it clearly does not accomplish the goals of what redistricting is looking at yet somehow it just keeps reappearing and reappearing so i don't get why we're even talking about it hopefully it doesn't have some like under the table deals behind it that uh you know mean that will have it emerge as like a leader all of a sudden in this last meeting and this is why Uh, it's so important i think if you can get out get there because the more people that it shows that mm-hmm. they're we're against that um that's going to be huge if it if it's crickets there that means they're just going to be able to you know banter around each other and say oh well you know um so it's i think important if you can get out there for the hour be super important yeah and then version four um creates a really strong Hispanic majority district. The The con to it is that it does cut a couple of neighborhoods, set a few neighborhoods um, apart from each other who probably should be together and like kind of fall into that communities of interest category. Um, so I, I do agree that like doing this horseshoe thing does potentially set up for... Um, some sort of litigation or legal challenge, uh, which might come anyway, regardless. Um, and I think it's one of those things that in 10 years, the last redistricting or the next redistricting process will look at and be like, what were these people thinking? Um, but yeah, 6 PM Tuesday, March 22nd at city hall, 200 Texas street in the council chambers. The council is scheduled to select, a final map on March 23rd, the next day, and adopt a f- and adopt a final map on March 29th, the following Tuesday. Uh, so, this is your last chance for your voice to be heard, um, and to try and like protect the interests of the communities that you represent and our minority communities that have traditionally been underrepresented on council. Could you, did you, did you understand uh, the voting age population compared with the citizen voting age population? Um, I think that's just kind of saying the, uh, number of illegal 
well, yeah. not even necessarily illegal, but undocumented, undocumented um, residents in the area. Got it. Got that's it. what I was. That's what I took it to mean. Got it. Gotcha. So, um, voting age population included undocumented Hispanics, which has a higher undocumented compared to other groups. Um, voting age population is a citizen voting age population is um, people who can can't vote. vote. So yeah. looking at that, this is to me why version four is huge. Version four would be, I mean, you got, so when you look at version four, um, you look at the Hispanic citizen voting age population. So the percentage of people who can vote of age um, as a citizen you got 56.7% in District 2, Flores's, and then you got 53.53% in 10. That is that is that is huge, and especially because the scary thing is you need a big number there because Latinos are, uh, the Hispanic population is known not to go out and vote um, as much. When you look at version 3, District 2 does have 53.5%. Um but then the next the next one is forty two percent in district one and eleven like district one eleven. And so it's you don't have a majority technically on over. Right. So yeah, I just that that seems pretty but then the rest of them really drop off on that version four. Like I think you have and I wonder how much they actually look at you know, migration patterns of, of, of groups. Mm. Because when we had the, um, Kyle on talking, he was talking like, well, the most people who are moving into the city and moving into those areas are white people. And the most people moving out of the loop are black and brown people. Mm. So I also think like, is the horseshoe even that relevant where that little humdinger might actually get gentrified? Yeah. And then like it's in like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, but, um, I mean, version four really brings a, another majority that can vote right version version four is kind of like the we're going all in on trying to get to where version three is like you're gonna get one you got a chance to get three hopefully you get two yeah and it's it yeah there's different different priorities different pros and cons for each of those because even the even though even though you have a voting age population that can't vote what they still can do is mobilize right you know and you know mobilize for sit like Absolutely. what we do around immigration policy and so even having districts that have 63 percent of the population voting age population is hispanic Okay, now you got a good ten percent of people, you know, one of every ten person who, hey, they might not be able to vote, but they can hold signs, they can canvass, mm-hmm. they can do a lot of things. Um, so it, it'd be interesting of how this shapes the uh, shapes it all. Yeah, I also see version three. I guess would pit um, Panther Island mm-hmm. into Beck's district, and I know Flores was like. You know, you can't, you know, that's this area is too historic to my district. Yeah. So it does feel weird. Like why that that's probably the most bizarre part of version three to me is where is district nine stretching uh, that far north into Panther Island? Because it 
it doesn't at all like that's just two very distinct areas between near south side and cutting into the historic north side and i know you know south hemp hill heights and there are obviously hispanic neighborhoods in uh beck's district but that was one in particular that i looked at and i was like yeah like i really do agree with flores that this is kind of more up his alley and more up the north side's alley than it is beck Mm -hmm. but we'll see what happens if you are part of one of these communities and organizations that has been doing a lot of work um, in advocating for your maps. We appreciate your time and effort in this whole process that I feel like we've been talking about forever. Uh, <laughs> but March 22nd is the final night for your voice to be heard. And then we'll see on March 23rd if they do some deal making and just decide to do something on their own. Yeah. And that would be crazy. Well, uh, do you want to move into kind of the... The big story? The big story. Yep. Um, so, March Madness was here this weekend, and the American Athletic Conference Championship was here the weekend before. Um, and there's kind of been this conversation around, can Fort Worth become a sports town, uh, especially without a major athletic franchise. Um, And I think it's something worth talking about. And we thought it was worth diving into of can, what, what would it take for Fort Worth to be labeled as like a sports town? Is it worth that for the city? Like, what does it attract? What does it bring in? And, um, just how what is Fort Worth missing now and I think that's the thing that I keep coming back to is like we've got a major athletic institution in TCU we have Texas Motor Speedway bringing in big NASCAR events and uh, I mean it's hosted a, a football game now coming all the time we have Dickey's Arena that's been has a professional lacrosse team now. It's got the rodeo and stock show. Uh, obviously, basketball tournaments, major gymnastics tournaments, concerts. We've got Colonial hosting the Charles Schwab Challenge, like the longest running golf event at a single course in like PG, in, on the PGA Tour. And so what... What's the missing piece? Like, why is Fort Worth not considered a sports town already? And how do we get it there? Yeah. um, Yeah. And and, uh, looking at the, there was a story done um, on, is this a proper way for us to grow our city and promote our city? Mac Ingle was the one who wrote it. um, And kind of his last sentence and his story was for the first time Fort Worth is around all of this and he kind of means all the sports Um, whether it works and leads to more that evaluation process starts now is kind of what he ended with Um, 
Yeah, I I don't know if I you know you mentioned Indianapolis like earlier, and I mean like if I think of I think the cities I don't want to be like are the ones that are like like Jacksonville's the same way. They got the Jaguars, but I do not want to be Indy five hundred or the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. And if that's what Fort Worth is becoming, that's kind of like I mean cool, I guess, but. Um, I don't think the pivot is, oh, we do, you know, we do our, our, our modern West stuff. And then we also do sports. Like, I don't, I think there's, it's still missing, um, the creative, the, the other stuff. Um, I mean, I, I'm more impressed. Like, you know, we got K-pop crew coming to Fort Worth. Mm. We got, um, you know, Arlington had, uh, niche fest and at the esports arena and, you know, Thousands of people showing up paying $35 a ticket to go see cosplay actors and voice actors and dress up like we did something like we did a part of that and we were a part of that. I wonder how that went. I'd be interested to know how did that event go in convention center that we had um, and compare that to the sports stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just don't know. I mean. A part of what Fort Worth feels a lot about us is like we do the strategy. If we build it, they will come. And I feel like Fort Worth feels like the kid in the neighborhood where their parents buys them all the new games and devices. And like everyone's like, I guess we'll go over to his house because he has the game. You know, he has the PS5. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I feel like Fort Fort Worth is kind of like that city where it's like, well, I did do got some space to host all of us there. So, Mm. yeah, we'll show up to your city. We'll be there March 19th, you know, know, and play some basketball games for you. So it kind of feels like Fort Worth is becoming the, we have all these things, but that's why people want to be there. It's not because, oh, I'm curious. I'm interested. I heard about y'all. People are talking about y'all. Mm-hmm. Let me check this out for myself. So we probably need the sports energy to get any new fish into the pond. Yeah. And I think a lot of the things that hold Fort Worth back from being a sports town are the same things that hold it back from everything else and a lot of the issues that the city is having with its growth. And that's that like, okay, Texas Motor Speedway is in Fort Worth, but like it's 35 minutes north of Fort Worth, so... If you're coming into something for Texas Motor Speedway, you're not going to Fort Worth. Like, I think you're actually closer to Denton. Um, And, like, you're just going from the airport on 820 around Fort Worth to get up there and stay somewhere around there. Um, And it's just, like, the lack of connectivity that we have where, like, okay, if I go to Chicago and I want to go to a Cubs game, Like, that's on the north side of the city, but I can stay in an Airbnb on the south side of the city and really easily get back there. It might, you know, take an hour on train or whatever, but I can get up, get off in downtown, make a couple stops, do a few things, um, and then I can, you know, be in a totally different area, maybe also catch a White Sox game, Mm -hmm. um, or if, depending on the time of year, maybe catch a Bears game too, or something like that. Um, and so I think personally for me, if I'm traveling somewhere to try and go to an athletic event, I don't want to have to worry about renting a car. Mm -hmm. I don't want to worry about, uh, 
having to like stay super close to the arena because I or the stadium because I um can't walk there um or don't have like an easy way to get around the rest of the city um even like talking about traffic flow um like I don't want to have to worry about you know getting to the stadium two hours early because I'm stuck going into one of these garages or something like that um, because I'm having to drive. And so I think the lack of like connectivity that Fort Worth has makes it so that like stuff that's at uh colonial feels very separate from the rest of, from the rest of downtown, even though it is right there and it should feel really easy to get to. You've got too high you've got like two highways in the way um and so to Pop, me papados feels like an island there. Yeah. Like, it's like papados was the first panther island it's like, yeah. they got the, like, yeah. like yeah. it honestly like when you drive by it's like is this surrounded by water how do people get all these yeah. cars on there <laughs> uh, that's where they get their fish from <laughs> yeah, there you go. and so that that's what i feel like is maybe holding fort worth back a little bit in that even though like the feedback on Dickie's Arena this weekend has been like overwhelmingly positive. Like, I yeah. have no doubt that uh, college basketball will be coming back 100. to Dickie's and maybe even later rounds. Like, I feel like this was the dress rehearsal. And now, in the next couple years, like, maybe we're talking Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four because of how well this has gone. Um, but, I thought I thought we was we were going to get more. Was it just this round? Uh, I believe for this year it was just the first and second round. That's typically how yeah. it works. Is they they spread them all around and then have have it in different places. I wonder. For later I wonder rounds. what's happening. The reason why I ask is because we we're bringing a few employees into town to for a couple of mm. of, of, of meetings, and you know we were staying downtown. But like the Friday night hotel was like three hundred a night, and I was like, "What the heck's going on?" Next weekend, no, uh, two weekends. So it's the April first to April second. So oh, I was like, I "What's going on?" And but maybe there's something else. Maybe there's something else that's happening. Yeah, I just assumed. I was like, "Do we get March Madness all the way down to eight to go to see who goes to four? I mean, that'd be crazy." Yeah, I think Colonials in May, so it wouldn't be that yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, and it, but it it does feel like we're so disconnected in all of the pieces of downtown and then if we try and build a stupid soccer complex in keller like same thing like that doesn't drive people to fort worth that drives people to dfw who then take the loop and stay 20 minutes out of the city and never actually come into downtown their experience of fort worth is like oh this is a, you know i basically went to a suburb yeah yeah yeah, and that's how what when I was looking at the replies when this like I forget the name of the K-pop group that's coming, but it, it was just funny. The poster had like Fort Worth on it, and then all the other cities were like Tokyo, Chicago, Paris, and it's like people were like, "What's a Fort Worth?" You know, and it's like there's there's people like I live in America and I don't know what Fort Worth yeah. is, and then, like, they're they're just trolling the poster like they're like, "What's a like?" And then some people's like, "Man, I live." You know, I live in, I, I hate having to go to Fort Worth for concerts, but for you guys, I'll go. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just hilarious. And, um, but, um, Texas born Viking on Twitter. Um, 
he responded to something and it kind of goes off to what you were saying. Uh, a person said, if you took everyone in New York City and forced them to live at the density of a fairly typical American suburb, approximately 2,000 per square miles, you would need an area roughly the size of Connecticut to hold them all. Density is good for the environment. That's what the person did. So then Texas-born Viking said, you just described Dallas-Fort Worth area and like wrote basically wrote did a line and sh- like the, looks like Connecticut around the Metroplex. <laughs> and it said New York City, 8.4 million people, DFW, 7.6. So think about that. Like if New York City was actually in a place spread out across Connecticut, how would the city feel? It would feel like the Metroplex. And that's why we're so disconnected and spacey. And it, there's just so much that we need to invest in to try and change that. And like, obviously we live in oil country. Like we, we live in a car driven culture and I don't see that changing anytime soon, but I do think it, uh, kind of holds Fort Worth back. Um, even like talking about like Phoenix, Phoenix is huge. Um, but they have their, basketball downtown downtown and i want to say their baseball is downtown too like right next right across the street from it yeah it is um and so it's like if you're trying if you're trying to make like a sports weekend out of something you go to phoenix you are in like a very sort of contained space where you can stay downtown you can do all these things there's people that live downtown it's not just like hotels also um and uh, you can just you can walk around i i mean i've taken the bus around phoenix it's not the greatest thing ever but um i think it's better than what we have here um and so you don't need a car you feel pretty connected like it's easy to get around you save on that expense you save on the expense of ubers um and I, I think that's just what we're going to be missing for a while. But I don't know. Maybe if Farrington Field was a functioning place and you could have a soccer team right there, like that's something where you can like make an entire weekend out of basketball or lacrosse and soccer. And then um, go walk over and party. Yeah, walk over to West <laughs> 7th and go nuts. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, it's pretty easy to get to the Trinity trail from there you go right up the trinity trail and you get to a defunct baseball stadium that could be functioning and could have uh could be hosting a a team so i think that fort worth has its like eyesores downtown that it really needs to fix before it can say that it wants to be a sports city i think another piece of the sports city um, conversation that doesn't get brought up a ton is that sports gambling isn't legal in Texas. So if you travel to Texas for a sporting event, even if you're work, even if you're doing it online, you can't use those platforms while you're here. And so I think Texas would really behoove itself to legalize sports gambling so that cities can kind of like tack that on to their uh as part of their tourism package for bringing something 
here. I don't like it's not going to turn the city into Vegas. Um, but I think it's a big piece of the sporting puzzle where if people could come feel like they could watch games and do some gambling at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think that's something that the city and the state would benefit from. Yeah, no, I, I love that point. I think that's awesome. I mean, Arlington kind of feels like a strip. You know, like when you're driving on 30, you're like, yeah. oh, look, you got the New York, New York. Oh, wait, no, that's Six Flags. My yeah. bad. You know, <laughs> it kind of gives you the vibe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and move into uh, wins and losses. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, speaking of traffic, my loss is uh, the Fort Worth Zoo's spring break traffic mess. And honestly, like, I think my loss is more just like the editorial written on it, trying to blame it on GPS and rideshare users. Like, why is it better that we back up university? versus forest park like yeah forest park is a smaller road but are we really trying to blame traffic at the zoo on its peak days over spring break on rideshare users like how about we take a look at there's no good public transit to get to the zoo like it's hard to get to the zoo not in a car So I don't blame people for going and parking in the neighborhood instead of waiting in a 25-minute line to get in. Also, just like if we're talking about the zoo's, the way the zoo does their parking, it's kind of a slow process. They could not just go to their overflow parking when the lot gets full, but they could be feeding people in there the whole time. I don't know. I yeah. It's like, yeah, like this is a problem when you have a really cool thing and the logistics around it aren't totally worked out yeah we're also talking about one of their peak days of the year and i just don't think that this would get much traction if it were uh not in one of the wealthier neighborhoods in the (laughs) city uh and people with a lot of power and influence talking about it so i read the article i was like you're really blaming gps and rideshare users on there being traffic in these neighborhoods like come on let's call let's call a spade a spade like this should be easier to get to than it is and after this many years of the fort worth zoo being awesome like we should have some better structures around this both them privately and as a city for making sure that one of our biggest assets is accessible yeah yeah it isn't i do like where it is like in in the sense of like yeah i think that's such a cool like it is such a beautiful neighborhood and the zoo's right there and it's just like tucked into it and and then there's a bunch of walking and then you got tcu down there and then you can, it, it, i like the setup of the zoo oh yeah I do it's, too. it's crazy that it's packed i mean yeah it was packed it was just a packed weekend i mean yeah the weather was beautiful I mean, it felt like Fort Worth City at its prime. We had things going on. Spring break. Weather was awesome. Every, you know, small businesses were doing events. And anywhere I went was full. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was definitely not just a zoo. Um. 
this week. What's uh what's your loss? All right, so my loss is basically um just something that seemed like a lot of drama and got really sticky around Tarrant County College after six years of um, at the Tarrant County College, Eugene Giovanni will no longer be the chancellor of the community of the county college. The board of trustees on March 17th voted to terminate Giovanni. The vote was 6-0. Um, and what it seems to believe that a lot of it has to also do with uh, relationships he had with um, someone on staff and drama around um someone was managing that person i guess punishing or 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 just coaching and he kind of jumped in and it was he was protecting someone that he i believe allegedly has an affair i don't know if it was confirmed but it just seems like a lot of stickiness and um it just goes on to my lost last last you know pod around we're in a transformative time in educate uh, in, 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 in the history of education. And if Fort Worth becomes a strong city, you know, our public education system, not just K through 12, but what, what, what does our leadership look at higher ed? Just all is important to build a, a pipeline from cradle to career for Fort Worth students, Fort Worth kids. And so it's just always kind of a bummer when, um, you know, there's just a lot of politics and drama um, around just people and their titles and people and their, you know, lack of be able to lead. And we really need, I just think, some exciting people in um, educational positions in Fort Worth um, that people can get excited around um, to really um, advocate for um, our, our community colleges, which a lot of people are doing because it's more practical um, and when we talk about upskilling, Tarrant County College is needed for companies that can partner with them to create programs that upskill workers um, that, that won't be doing jobs. So just to me, it was just a loss from another kind of leadership role being left a lot different than leadership roles of why they're leaving yeah. in, uh, in, in public uh, in, in Fort Worth ISD. But yeah, that's where we are. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, my win is Scotty Scott. The Fort Worth food blogger behind Cook, Drank, Eat uh, had his cookbook come out this past week. It is called Fix Me a Plate. Um, you can grab it at Leaves. Uh, I don't know if it's at the Doc Bookshop yet, uh, but I bet there's a way to grab it through them. So just really cool to see a local Fort Worth chef get his time in the limelight, um, support a local business and a local entrepreneur as you're buying it. Uh, and yeah, just show some love to somebody doing something really cool in the city. Yeah. Awesome. Um, my win, um, is not a small business, but it's a big business that's in Fort Worth, Lockheed Martin. I thought this was pretty, um, a pretty interesting story. Germany purchases 35 new F 35s, uh, in response to Russia's invasion on, uh, of Ukraine. Now these jets that Germany purchased were built in Fort Worth, um, at Lockheed Martin. And, um, it was a hundred billion Euro deal, which comes out to $109.5 billion. And it was just kind of cool that, you know, I just feel like, these, this technology, this, the, you know, international relations, Fort Worth has a, an influence and has a, 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 a piece. 
So I thought that was just a, a powerful story um, and just a really cool story to just see how Fort Worth is playing. Um, we're often saying that we're not a, a future forward city, but hey, we're, we have still some really strong people in the defense space that has continued to do their thing for many years and continue to do their work in Fort Worth. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We we hope you had a good spring break and uh, are getting back into the grind again this week. Um, we're definitely enjoying this weather. We hope that uh, I, I hope we get a long spring this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want this to last. Yeah, awesome. Well, we'll see you guys, and uh, thank you for listening to the pod. Yo, yo.